Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget remember if you or a loved one has a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds right here on VSIN. And I always like this exercise here, Wes, because. You can either bet it now or you can wait and try mm-hmm. to get a better number later. We're talking about it with Georgia and Alabama. We'll get to that game in a second. Where you're trying to really hypothesize where that number might go and which direction, depending on which side you might like. So let's start off with the Big 12, and you look at the title game here between 10-2 and two Baylor against Mike Gundy and his crew at 11-1. and one. And right now, Oklahoma State, you can get them and lay the 5.5 if you want. You bet it now? What do you bet it later? Well, surprisingly, Baylor's gotten the early money here, actually. This was six and a half, now down to five and a half. Because, look, Oklahoma State was off that big win in Bedlam. And really, I think, shut out Oklahoma in the second half pretty much offensively. I know Oklahoma had a couple short fields and got that point off that muff punt Mm -hmm. and everything. But if you look, Oklahoma State's defense is really what has carried them all year, and that's why that defensive coordinator out there is a Burroughs Award finalist for best assistant coach in all of college football. So, look, uh, I think with Baylor, maybe a little bit of the action on them is the fact that they're going to have some continuity. Dave Aranda, who is kind of rumored – I mean, there was talk about him maybe for USC. There was talking about him maybe for LSU going back there to Baton Rouge or going somewhere. And Dave Aranda, it looks like they're going to extend that contract if that ink is not already dry. I'm not sure yet. There's been so many of these deals that it's very hard to keep up in terms of the carousel. But nevertheless, Dave Aranda looks like he's going to be around in Waco for a while. I think that's very good for that program. And... 
you look, they, they, they had the prior meeting earlier this season. It went Oklahoma State's way. It's all kind of right there for Oklahoma State because we were talking about that with Will Hill, who's going to get that spot if Alabama goes ahead and falls. If the chalk holds, like let's say Michigan doesn't get upset in the Big Ten championship game by Iowa and the chalk really holds – Who's going to be there to capitalize? It's going to be probably one of two teams. It's going to be Oklahoma State or it's going to be Notre Dame. I would fully expect Notre Dame 5, Oklahoma State 6 in those college football playoff rankings. But they met back on uh, October 2nd. It was 24-14 to 14 Oklahoma State over Baylor. Baylor held only 280 yards. Gary Bohannon, 13-27, 173. He was listed as questionable. Mm. I haven't seen any updated status as of this morning. I would expect, unless it's a devastating injury that he is going to go in a big game like this down in Jerry World uh, starts early Saturday morning. So he is battling that hamstring issue, though, and hamstrings can kind of be a little bit tricky. But nevertheless, Baylor has gotten the money. I think probably right now this could be the bottom on Oklahoma State. This might be where you want to lay. It's as low as five in the market, five and a half here, though, at BetMGM. Total 46 and a half. That number's already dropped. I think at the opener globally was 50, and now you're already seeing it drop because I think everybody knows Oklahoma State's defense is really carrying this bunch. Well, that was what I wanted to get to there, get to that total. When you look at it at 46 and a half here, is it now – too low that it's not a good price to buy it because you look at these defenses you go Oklahoma State I know Oklahoma mm-hmm. got some points on them in the first half here uh, last week in Bedlam but we do regard them maybe as having the best defense in the country sure. uh, outside of Georgia and then of course Baylor's defense is pretty darn good too so is 46 and a half is there still value there would you bet it now or potentially do you think this is going to keep getting lower well with the lines these tight this late in the year as we get into a championship Saturday and championship weekend with all the college football championships I think the lines are usually tight on the openers anyway. Okay. These are not lines that are going to have a lot of variance like in early September. So they kind of are what they are. And I don't think that you want to take three points the worst of it necessarily on a total. So it would either be maybe come back over the top on the over or just wait for an in-game opportunity Saturday morning. Right, let's get to the game. I know it still stuns me when I see Alabama, not just as an underdog, but getting almost a touchdown at six and a half right now, pretty much across the board. There are some sevens that we've seen out there, but we don't know how long those sevens would last last for Uga against Bama here in this one. So again, do you bet it now or bet later? Now, if you're, it depends on which side you like. We just had Will Hill on and he really likes Georgia here to potentially win by as many as two touchdowns. So he basically would say, bet it now. If you're a Bama backer, do you wait and see if that number does get to seven? You could wait. I think it's going to dance around, though, between this six and a half and seven. There's only one seven in the market. It's actually right behind us here at the South Point. That's the only seven in the market. It's basically painted six and a half across the screen and across the board. But look, this line, I think when it got put out a couple weeks ago, is about three, three and a half. Because yeah. we were talking about, okay, how do you want to do arbitrage here? You know, look around and see, okay, do I want to take Alabama to win the SEC? Is that going to be more than mm-hmm. what the money line is going to be? Well, now not necessarily because it's up to six, six and a half. And look, Georgia was my bet and my pick for the uh, outright national championship. And I don't think that I'm wanting necessarily to get off that. I think they are the best team. But I mentioned with Will, I do think this line is kind of getting to a point where maybe you could come in on the Crimson Tide and buy a little bit on weakness and buy a little bit on overreaction. This has moved essentially in about a period of a week and a half to two weeks, three and a half points and I know how bad Alabama looked in the Iron Bowl and I even tweeted about it while we were watching the game on Saturday during bed across America right here on VEASAN and was looking at it I was like 
man, what Auburn's defensive line was doing to the Alabama Ooh. offensive line. That's what what is Georgia's defensive line going to do? They're licking their chops. That's priced in, though, that observation that I made uh, for obviously other things as well. But I just kind of think Alabama, maybe they did get their scare. Like a team, a high-seeded team, a top-four seed in the first or second round of the NCAA tournament, and they get their scare against a team they should beat. And then it's like, oh, my God, they're vulnerable. We can pick the bones on these guys. And then the very next game, they come out and lay out their next opponent. Not that I think that's going to happen here, but – I would expect a better effort out of Saban's bunch, and I'm going to trust our guys, our, the, the Matt Hayes and the yeah. Michael Felders and all our u- usual college football guests that we have on Saturday on BAA that Alabama's got some kind of package maybe for Waiting Bryce Young it. running the football. Now would be the time to unveil it here because this is a fast Georgia defense. I mean, I just go back to that article that I read in The Athletic that Bruce Feldman did after the cocktail party game between Georgia and Florida where he quotes all these anonymous head coaches in the SEC and he and one of the coaches said Georgia's up 30 to nothing in the third quarter and their linebackers are trying to rip your head off that's, so that's the difference this, this is a really fast defense so you got to get this fast defense I think moving side to side and the way to do that is get your quarterback to run a little bit so we'll see if Bill O'Brien has something that he's been saving for the Georgia Dome here on Saturday what am I missing on this total it hasn't budged 15 and a half and again, I know it got into the 20s when we had the double overtime uh, in the Iron Bowl. But really, mm-hmm. that game, Alabama just couldn't score. So now to your point about the defensive line for Georgia, which is the best in college football in that overall defense, how does this get to 15 and a half? Why isn't this getting banged down? That scares me that that number is holding at 15 and a half. Part of it is because it is a fast track in, in the uh, uh, the old Georgia Dome. What's yeah. it called? The Mercedes-Benz. I, don't, I Whatever what the, the new, corporate right, name is, yes. but it's the Georgia Dome. But nevertheless, it's a fast track, obviously. Weather's not going to be a factor, so that's why I don't think you've seen it get bet too much to the low. And speaking of defense, look, Alabama statistically seventh in the country, yeah. number four in terms of rushing defense, eighty point six. Look, this is the best team, by the way, that Georgia has faced. Let's not, you know, bury they, they the lead. They beat Clemson here. by three to yeah. open up the season. People forget that. Yeah, it, it wasn't a blowout, and that's still their best win. Because yes. look at who they beat. They beat UAB. They beat South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Arkansas. One at Auburn, Kentucky, and obviously down Florida team is. Missouri, Tennessee. There's no like Mississippi's no. on here. There's no like really big top 10 nationally ranked team for Georgia. I think Alabama definitely has played the tougher schedule, and that's why I'd be definitely interested in the Tide at seven. All right, I'm kind of starting to convince myself Tide in the under, but we'll see how that plays out. Uh, let's go to the Big Ten title game here. And again, you and I had talked about this a lot with Michigan, what we thought the number would be against Wisconsin. Well, now we don't have to theorize about that because Wisconsin couldn't get the job done last week. So it's Iowa in the Big Ten championship game here. And boy, this number opened up at 11. It's moved down a little bit. Hawkeyes taking some money here to get it down to 10.5 with a really low total of 43.5. But that has come up a point there. What's your feelings either way with the side of the total? Bet now if you like Iowa. I do think this is going to drop a little bit. Look, we made I, when you asked me what to make the line, I said probably Michigan eight and a half, mm-hmm. nine. And I think in some of the uh, faraway places it did open eight and a half, but then it reopened on Sunday at like 10 and a half, 11 in that regard. 42 and a half was the total, now 43 and a half. I think bet now with Iowa because everything is going to be thought about here is that, okay, Michigan. They finally beat Ohio State. But now you know, Jim Harbaugh was on his show last night, going to give back all the bonus money that oh. he's going to accrue to the athletic department to pay for people that had their jobs cut or hours cut rather during the pandemic. So 
thinking he's going to get a lot of bonus money winning that Big Ten <laughs> title and then clinching that college football playoff spot. Maybe not so fast. Look, we, we, know, we know what Iowa is. We know this is not a very potent offense. They're one of eight teams in all of FBS, 130 teams that average less than 300 yards a game. The running game has gotten going a little bit, but this is a step up in class against Michigan. Iowa is 10-2 because of the turnover margin. They're third in the country, averaging over plus one a game throughout the year, and they've been taking away the football. They don't turn over the nope. football. Spencer Petras looks like he has gotten his job back at quarterback. So this is a lot of points delayed to a pretty darn good defense. Both these teams are right in, near the top 15 in total defense nationally. So – I think if you like Iowa, bet it now. I think if you want to lay 10 or so with Michigan, I don't know if it gets a 9.5, but that might be the low if you want to lay it with the Wolverines. Oh, we, we're expecting a rock fight when you see a total that low. It did get bet up just a point here, but 43.5, college football game uh, on a faster track here. I mean, they're, they're double-dog daring you to take the over, mm -hmm. and so far people are. Is that the right way, do you think? Yeah, probably. And that's also this game being played in Indianapolis yeah. at Lucas Oil Stadium. So no weather concerns there. Okay, so uh, very quickly, uh, we'll get to some of these other games a little bit later on in the show. But right now, you always say, if you like underdogs, this is the year to sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Mm -hmm. Is this the spot that if you like Iowa, that maybe pizza money, as you say, because Harbaugh with the big win against Ohio State, oh, it would be so Michigan-y of them to then blow it against Iowa. Yeah, and I think Michigan's going to win the game, but that's something I usually advise. You know, 20% or so or 25% of what your normal wager is, use it on the money line if you like the underdog. Okay, when we come back here on Lombardi Line, we will look at the NBA and some of the action tonight, see if we can find some good value for you out there. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. 
Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Prop tracker now available at VEASAN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head over to VEASAN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and much, much more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at VEASAN.com slash NFL. Dave Ross, alongside Wes Reynolds here on the Lombardi Line on VEASAN. And Wes, I really like this exercise of bet now or bet later on the conference title games here in college football. When I look at the ACC matchup, of course, we all had Pittsburgh and Wake Forest Mm -hmm. pre-flop that this would be the ACC title game here. Kenny Pickett maybe still an odds, outside odds favorite, uh, a chance rather to win the Heisman Trophy with a huge game against Wake Forest. You look at the the total is rather large now at 72 and a half. I'm a little surprised that Pitt is the three-point favorite. What about you? I'm actually not. And look, we didn't have Pitt and Wake Forest. This just seems like if this was in the regular season, this is that 12 o'clock Raycom yeah. sports game. This is not on a major network, you know, two kind of uh, uh, not suspect programs, but obviously not the the cachet that a Clemson or somebody no. like that would have. But nevertheless, they're here, and they deserve to be here in Charlotte. And really, because these two offenses have been so potent. If you look, Wake Forest, ninth in the country in total offense. Uh, congratulations, Dave Clawson. Got a nice extension down there. And Clawson's one of, I think, one of the more underrated coaches in college football because he gets the most out of the lease. You're not getting four- and five-star guys at Wake Forest. You're getting maybe some more players that are a little more academically inclined and you got to get three star kids that if you tell them to run through a brick wall they will (laughs) and that's what you get at Wake Forest Uh, offense scoring 42.9 points a game that's third in the country problem with Wake Forest though is the defense is absolutely pitiful 100th in the country giving up 427 even worse on the ground 118th giving up 209.5 so this is a team that you see getting the shootouts here and look they gave up 48 at Clemson an offense that has not found their way all year two weeks ago held bc to 10 but bc had a lot of guys out i think due to flu a couple due to covid as well so this is a wake forest team that can score points this is also a pittsburgh team that can score points we're so used to pat narduzzi being there at Pitt. remember he was on that mark d'antonio staff at michigan state for years as defensive coordinator defense first guy finally he's got an offensive coordinator with mark whipple who's been there a couple years Getting the offense going and having a, uh, you know, basically like a 10th year quarterback, it seems like, with Kenny Pickett. Number four in total offense nationally are the Pitt Panthers, 512.8. Number six in passing offense, number four in scoring offense, 42.8 a game. That's why you're seeing this total at around 72. 
I like the Panthers here just because I think they have a little bit of the better defense. Now, you can get them through the air. 261 allowed through the air. That's 112th in FBS. But you can get them through the air because that defensive line is so good at stopping the run. They're fifth best in the country. So when you're so extremely good on one side, you're going to have to give up something on the other side. So that's why I think that you're seeing them give up so many passing yards. Better defense here with the Pitt Panthers. I think that this could go up once people really dive in and take that deep dive into Wake Forest defensive numbers. I would lay it right now with Pitt. I think this opened two and two and a half. It's pretty much three painted across the board. I'd lay that or the small money line at minus 150. All right, you'd bet that now. Kenny Pickett, 20 to one, still to win the Heisman Trophy. Is that a dead number? Or if he throws for 500 and five touchdowns and wins the ACC and Bryce Young doesn't look good against Georgia, that's that could happen, even mm-hmm. though Bryce Young's the favorite. Yeah, I don't want to say it's a dead number, but it's on life support. <laughs> At this standpoint, I just think that it's already kind of baked into the cake right now of what it's going to be. It seemed like Bryce Young had that Heisman moment, even though he didn't have those Heisman stats. Now, I think even in a competitive loss, he might still win it by default. But, you know, Pickett, I think, definitely should be a finalist. He should be invited to New York at the Heisman Club for this. He has put up such great numbers. I think uh, if those odds are accurate at BetMGM, he's the third choice right now Mm -hmm. at 16-1. to So I don't want to say dead but probably some better places for some pizza money. All right, so there it is again. It's just bizarre because C.J. Stroud had won the Heisman Trophy before the Michigan game, right? It was all mm-hmm. it was decided then. Now it looks like Bryce Young's got it. But remember, they've got Georgia coming up here. So now 20-1 to 1 in some places here. Bet MGM 16-1 to 1 for Kenny Pickett. Maybe an outside shot to see what he can do against Wake Forest. Let's talk about the AAC title game. And obviously this has got ripple effects here for Cincinnati. If they win, we all believe obviously they'd be a lock to make it to the college football playoff here as an undefeated 13-0 Bearcats club. And they are the heavy favorites to do just that against Houston. But you look at it here, the money's coming in on the Cougs. Mm -hmm. It's come down to 10.5 here with the total now also coming down just a point to 53.5 here. There's going to be pressure on Cincinnati. They didn't play like last week. They might have had their, their best showing in about five weeks. What do you make of this title game? And this is a Houston team, by the way, that has won 11 in a row right now. Remember, they lost their opener there at Energy Stadium in Houston to Texas Tech right. and played one of the worst second halves I'd seen. I, I remember being on that game, and Dana Holgerson, I, I don't think, knew what he was doing. He looked mm. dead confused against Texas Tech, but nevertheless, Houston has gotten on a big-time run here to end the season, and uh, 11 wins, undefeated in the AAC, have had a couple close shades but by and large have taken care of business here and I think really because the defense has been so good sixth in total defense eighth in rushing defense you obviously with these numbers got to take into account the competition this is a non-power five it's not like they're doing this necessarily in the big 10 but also you look at Cincinnati's defense another top 10 defense so what I would say bet now is bet the under okay there's still a couple 54s out there in the market it's starting to see some 53 and a halves I think that this probably has room to decline in terms of that number on the total. So that's what I would say bet now is the under on this game. 10, 10 and a half, probably going to stay around that 10 mark, I would think. I think there are some that will take Houston and be like, well, Cincinnati's been overrated all year and they hadn't been covering games, even though they did cover the last two. I was on them against SMU a couple weeks ago. Thought East Carolina might be able to kind of sneak up on them last Friday and there was no dice there. So look, it's all right there for Cincinnati, but now you're going to start to get the coaching speculation. I think sometimes this happens. Luke Fickle potentially to Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman, by the way, was the defense 
offensive coordinator right here at Cincinnati and has done a great job at Notre Dame starting. Here's some Marcus Freeman talk mm-hmm. up there in South Bend. Or if not, maybe goes back to Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati and takes over for Fickle should he go to South Bend. So that gets in players' heads like, hey, is our coach going to be here? Meanwhile, in Houston, Dana Holgerson was kind of a little bit on the hot seat. I think that seat is uh, a lot less warm right now. Let me just give you a quick scenario. Let's say it's a really tight game. Cincinnati loses by one or two. Real tight. Last second. Houston wins. Who goes to the college football playoff if a spot's available? Is it Notre Dame? Who lost at home to Cincinnati? Or is it the Bearcats? It's Notre Dame. I I, I really think so. Because, look, it's not always if you lose, it's when you lose. And that's your last you know, impression that you're leaving on that CFP committee is that you lost and they've kind of been waiting for Cincinnati to stub their toe and they just have not complied with that. All right. So very quickly, we'll find out how those conference title games wrap up. But again, if you want to follow Wes's advice, maybe take the under now before betting that later. Let's look at the, the card very quickly in the NBA tonight. Pretty good card out there. Obviously the battle of New York when you got the Knicks against the Nets coming up here. Uh, I know this is, means a lot in the city there. Uh, who do you give the advantage to tonight in this one? Yeah, uh, a couple big stories. One on the Nets, James Harden booed last time out by the Brooklyn faithful, and also the fact that Kemba Walker, look, not all in the st- rotation. All-star two weeks ago, two-year $18 million deal over the offseason. Alec Burks is now getting wow. his minutes and not Kemba Walker. So, look, the, the offenses have been, I think, a little bit shaky for both teams. Actually, the Nets have been much better defensively mm-hmm. this season. That's kind of been a little bit of an untold story. So just looking at this, I would lo- I would gravitate towards the under here. It was opening at 217, now down to 216 and a half market wide. Uh, I like the under here in Brooklyn. Okay, let's do one other game very quickly while we still have the time. How about the Warriors and the Suns? And again, obviously the Suns maybe a bit of a hangover after getting to the finals last year. Small favorite at home, a two and a half against Golden State. Boy, doesn't this seem like a little bit of candy in terms of mm-hmm. going ahead and taking Golden State actually getting points. Uh, you know, Phoenix, the first couple games, they kind of like struggled and then it's like, okay, maybe this is the championship hangover. We always see, you know, the Super Bowl loser, right. the World Series loser, the NBA Finals loser, and here you have the two best records in the league, 17 and 3 for Phoenix and 18 and 2 for Golden State. And look, uh, Steph Curry, look, he's back in that MVP, the front runner right now, averaging a little under 29 a game. It's actually tied for scoring with his old mate Kevin Durant. Uh, Phoenix Suns rank 11th in three points out Thorners allowed per game. So not much of a concern because Steph Curry can shoot from 35 and basically pull from <laughs> anywhere. Warriors 7-1 and one straight up, 6-2 and two their last eight in terms of against the number. They were road underdogs twice this season at Brooklyn and at Staples against the Lakers. Obviously won both pretty decisively there. Best defense in the league only allowing 100.4 points a game. They're the only team in the league with a D rating below 100 this season. So we often think Golden State, oh, they're just in these track meets. It's been the defense. And they just I, – I watched them against Brooklyn, I think, a couple weeks ago on a Tuesday night. And they it's guard like, you. They, they just – they guard you. Yeah. They're, they're in your jackstrap. Yep. I mean, they are on you. And, I mean, the Nets, who are a good offense, couldn't get anything off these guys. So – when in doubt, I take the better defense in the points. I like Golden State. Very quickly, to that point about Steph Curry MVP, and when you talk about defense, Steph Curry's playing defense, too. Mm-hmm. I know the moniker is he mm-hmm. can't play any, he can't play a look at defense. I think that's gone away in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Would you make Steph right now your favorite to be a- MVP? Absolutely, and I think offensively they have room to grow because uh, I think we're going to get Clay Thompson oh, back boy. very soon. And he can play a little defense as well. 
When we come back, you do not want to miss the man they call the DOC in Washington, D.C., Rick Doc Walker, talking all things Washington football right here on the Lombardi Line on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN holiday offer is here. Right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you're also going to receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry up. This is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here on the Lombardi Line on VEASAN and Wes, you know, I try not to play favorites with our guests. But you can't help yourself. I can't either. help. When you have the DOC on the show, <laughs> when you have Rick Doc Walker joining us here from the great DMV area in Washington, D.C., of course, won a Super Bowl back in the day with a Washington football team. You got to check out Pro Edge and follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Rick Doc Walker. DOC, it's great to have you back in the show, my friend. I know you're happy with that win last night, a physical effort. And I know you like that against the Seattle Seahawks. What's been the difference for your football team that was written off or dead? And as it stands right now, they would be a playoff team in the NFC. Yeah, woulda, shoulda, coulda, you know. But Sergeant Major, it's a pleasure to be on your format. Uh, they did what they're paid to do. They did their job. They're better than Seattle, and they should have beaten them. And it should have been worse. And and that's what they got to focus on today. The points they left off the field, lost their kicker. But so what? You got You were paid to plan for the unexpected. So I don't accept the fact that they got caught off guard. You you paid to not get caught off guard, as you know, as you served our country. Doc, uh, we talked about early in the season, a lot of expectations for this defense. And in the first few weeks, it's like, this defensive unit really isn't that good unless they're getting pressure on the passer. Now they lose Chase Young. Mm. And look, I don't want to say that, hey, the defense is better without a guy that has that kind of talent, that kind of twitch off the line. But watching this Washington football team defense over the last few weeks, it at least seems that they are playing more disciplined. Am I wrong in that assessment in terms of what I'm seeing with these guys? No, no, you're being kind. Uh, it's very clear. <laughs> it's a functional unit. It's not a, it's, they're not artists. They're not painting Picasso. I mean, you got to do what works within the scheme of the defense. And it appears the two guys weren't. They were freelancing. Mm-hmm. So they're better by subtraction. Now, not in the long run. And then both guys will learn as they heal, and hopefully uh, they'll get one of them back sooner than later. But the bottom line is that team – what Washington had to do was become a team, not a group of guys that are being celebrated who've done nothing yet. And so it is what it is. Landon Collins right now will end up being the MVP should they continue to go on to prosperity because his unselfishness. He didn't want to go down the box. Why he didn't, I'll never know. But now that he's there, he's a Pro Bowl talent again. And Cameron Curl. So they've got a lot of guys that have chipped in and are starting to play really good football now that they're playing as a unit as opposed to freelancers. 
Doc, you know me. We've known each other a long time here, and you know I like Mojo. I, there's something about Taylor Heineke that I can't quite put my finger on, but I just like the guy. And I know Ron Rivera's got him throwing things against the blackboard after the win last night, and he's using words that I can't use right here on VEASAN to describe this team right. and the effort, and they got everything right here in this locker room. Hey, you won with a guy, Joe Theismann, who I don't know that he had all the physical gifts to win a Super Bowl, but he did lead you guys to the promised land. What is it about Taylor Heineke that I, that I feel like I'm seeing? Is is it real or is this a mirage? No, he's got some of Joe. See, Joe T is a highly competitive individual. Joe's still competing. He competes at everything with everybody all the time. <laughs> Joe also had talent and he had wheels. The mobility is, is, is Heineke's strength. Decision-making, he's learning. And now that he is, trusts his teammates to be where they've got to be, and he is now becoming more accurate, and they also run the ball. It was way too unfair on him to make him a gunslinger. He may like Brett Favre. He has nothing in common with Brett Favre. Mm. So he's got to be Taylor Heineke. And that guy needs a running game. Brett Favre didn't need anything but the ball. This guy needs a running game, as most quarterbacks do. And now that he's getting that, the really the MVP right now is Turner, the coordinator, because he scrapped his ego. See, it's not about what you want to do. It's about what you need to do to help your team be the best they can be. Coach Turner has been unbelievable in his selection, and now it's expanded, and he's got two backs that can punch you in the face, and as long as 24 doesn't fumble, he's elite. And that offensive line, they've been just dying. I mean, two of the Chicago Bears, this is the funniest thing to me, the Bears gave us two of our starters, and they can't block a dead man. And so... That's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Their front office ought to be glad they're employed. And so we'll take their trash and turn it into treasure. Yeah, absolutely. One man gathers what another man spills, as the Grateful Dead once sang. Uh, Doc, uh, the NFC East right now, Dallas still with the two-game lead. They're the most talented team right now in the division, but that doesn't seem as insurmountable as it was a couple weeks ago. And now all of a sudden I look at these playoff standings and I see the Washington football team Mm. in that final wildcard spot, currently number seven in the NFC. And they're in that spot that Philadelphia was in last uh, when they had won a couple in a row. Then it's like, look at this schedule. It's very manageable. Then they went and laid an egg against the Giants on the road on Sunday. Looking at this Washington schedule, just one more game out of the division right here in Las Vegas next week, and then all divisional games, two with Dallas, two with Philadelphia, and then one at the Giants. Do you believe, like Dave believes here, that there is some mojo here, that there is some momentum, and that Washington's going to find its way in that final seven? Well, I don't. I'm focused on Vegas, period. Right. It means nothing, because if you lose to Vegas, it's irrelevant. So why would you ponder anything other than Vegas? Us fools go, you know what? I don't begrudge fans. A fandom. Fans, you know, that's short for fanatic. Disneyland, you know, it's an amusement park. Now, I'm not mad at it. It's like wagering. That's, that's fine. All that's beautiful. But it has nothing to do with hand-to-hand combat. And so if they listen around and listen to this crap about them being a playoff team, they'll get they'll lose to the Raiders. They need to go out and punch the Raiders in the face and get the game and then take it one win at a time. The NFL set it up. This is the best thing the NFL has done since they started televising games. And that was put these opponents in the division at the end. So everybody now has got a chance to control their destiny. 
But if they listen to the media and, and follow the experts and all that crap, there's not one expert I've ever seen with a helmet on. <laughs> Doc, I didn't like you as a kid because you were playing down there in Texas Stadium and, you know, you and your fun bunch, you guys were dancing our end zone. That's because the Cowboys couldn't stop you back in the day because you just ran over them with Rigo and you kept running the same stuff and just kind of really an attitude type team that you guys had on the, on the way to winning the Super Bowl. What I've noticed yeah. in wins here is that they did it to the Buccaneers, where they just said, you can't get the ball back, and we'll just run eight, nine minutes off the clock. They did it last night against Seattle to close this game out. Are you seeing kind of that old-school mentality in D.C. with Ron Rivera that says, all right, we're going to punch you in the face, and you can't get the football back, and we'll have nine, ten-minute drives and just milk the clock? Finally, finally. I mean, finally, it's back. And it's amazing. It's the obvious, but, you know, everybody – Nobody seems these young coordinators. That's why I don't like young coordinators. I like my coordinators that have some salt and pepper in their beard because they're not trying to get hired. See, how do you get hired unless you throw some junk out on a resume? So you got an empty back. Whenever you see we're in the goal line, we're in empty backfield. No, no, no. That's a resume. We don't need that crap. I'm a fullback guy, and let's go pound, ground, and pound. We got the offensive line for it. We're mutilating people now, and then Turner's into it now. Don't forget, Jimmy Johnson had to tell Norv, you know, he had the best running game in the world. And Jimmy had to almost strangle him at halftime to get the ball to him at Super Bowl. And it was, it was over, faded to complete. So let's not act like we haven't seen this before. It's human nature to think that artistic is better than physicality. But in the end, Coach Turner, he, he got it now. And they're brutalizing people. And I'm telling you what. You know, the Raiders are a little thin in the box, too, so I'm expecting the same kind of deal. They're tough and resilient, but we'll see. Uh, Doc, are you making the trip out here to, to Las Vegas? I know you probably don't go back to the Chrome Urinal no, in Dallas anymore, right? No, sir. No, 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 <laughs> sir. I've, the Cowboys, um, you got a break um, when your coach won't be on the sidelines, so I'm not happy about that. I, I, know I want you, him on the sidelines for every game. I know you were very <laughs> unhappy when the Cowboys got rid of Jason Garrett as well. Hey, DOC. Oh, I, I, you know, in the Giants, I was so mad. I know what to do. No, save until our game. Yeah. Right. Are you kidding me? They get rid of Jason Garrett just in time for the for the uh, Washington football team. Hey, Doc, it's yeah. always great to have you on, man. I, I, you always keep it real in D.C., and I think everybody should, of course, follow you on Twitter, Rick Doc Walker. Check out ProView, ESPN 980. And Patreon, baby. Patreon.com for, for the – on you know the podcast, man, I'd love that, and uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to you after we deal with you. Okay, I, I'm you know I always want to come on your show again. DOC, you're the best. We'll catch up again soon, my friend. All right, guys. Right, so th there it is. You know when you talk to Doc, right, and he's done this for years, for decades in DC. Like he he hates to get ahead, right? Like people, oh, playoff seventh seed. He's like that doesn't matter. He'll humble you real quick. Yeah, he doesn't he, beat around the bush. He really know? does. And again, it is a, a super important game for both teams here for for the Raiders this week and for the Washington football team if they really want to be taken seriously in the playoff picture. Come on back. We got much more football to discuss right here on the Lombardi Line on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break 
and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with a special offer on college basketball. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer in that game, you're going to win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first wager. Enjoy college hoops like never before with BetMGM all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here on the Lombardi line. Great having Rick Doc Walker on last segment. Of course, the Washington football team right now one and a half point underdog as they come to Las Vegas next week. Very interesting game. We'll see if that line moves throughout the week. Let's get to some more college hoops previews tonight as we look at the uh, Tuesday night slate here. How about Northwestern against Wake Forest here? When you think of Northwestern, you kind of think of a plotting offense and mm-hmm. certainly you would believe want to control the clock in this one against a Wake team that last year really high-tempo offensively here. So how do you 
break down this one here in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Yeah, and still really doing the same thing. Steve Forbes, by the way, in his second year down there in Winston-Salem. Little bit of a faster team yeah. that he's running. Uh, Northwestern has a veteran bunch, not a really talented athletic bunch, but a bunch that's kind of gotten beat, their heads beat in for about three years. Yeah. And th that's kind of what they did that one time they made the NCAA tournament when Bryant McIntosh and Vic Law and that group were seniors and they made the NCAA tournament. Uh, Northwestern, look, isn't going to try to uh, really press Wake, who they did play that tournament over the weekend where they played back-to-back -back games with Oregon State and with LSU. Really exposed that Wake does not have a true ball handler and mm -hmm. a true point guard that can really, you know, be, be the floor general, at least going forward. But Northwestern is not going to really press you, and Wake is still going to be a little bit more athletic, I think, in the backcourt uh, going forward. Uh, Wake does have size. They do have a lot of transfers. I mean, that's just the way of the world now in college basketball. You bring in a ton of transfers. Jake LaRavia has come in from Indiana State. And you know they're they're five and or excuse me they're six and one they did beat Oregon State that was their best win of the season then LSU who just is a way more athletic team they're a legit top 20 team I thought really exposed Wake Forest a little bit so these are two teams that are picked in the bottom of their conference respectively I do think Wake a, a, just a little bit more athletic than Northwestern from this standpoint uh, seeing a move now, there's still some one and one and a halves out there, but I'd lean with the Demon Deeks here. It, does it feel like an underplay as well? Just because, again, when you look at this and you game script and go, am I going to see the, both these teams in the 70s with Northwestern? I don't really see get, getting to that number. Are they double-dog daring me to, to take the over here? Well, Northwestern can, if, if they run their offense properly, they can get good shots. Okay. Obviously, this is not a team. They're, they're 204 in tempo, so they're not necessarily a snail. By the way, they don't turn the ball over very much. I think they're seventh in the country in terms of percentage of possessions of turnovers, which is 12.5%. So this is a team that can make a little bit shots. So I'd be a little leery going under there. Small lean to the over, and they do move the ball very well, get a lot of assists off their makes. So lean Demon Deacons, lean over. Here. Okay, let's talk about Clemson against Rutgers. And when you play in the rack, normally that's considered a tough place it to It is play. no longer known as the rack. I what? just discovered that this no morning. Rack? I think it's still by the the partisans and okay. the fans there in Piscataway called the rack, but it is called the Jersey Mike's Arena. Oh, wow. I did not know that. But interestingly enough, when you look at this year and you see Rutgers as a small favorite here, just laying the point, they are 0-3-1 ATS in their last four home games. So what was formerly known as the rack, maybe as not a tough as place to play as we've seen in years past. Well, it hasn't been really of late. Uh, they did lose at home to Lafayette, 53-51. to By the way, Rutgers lost their last three and really weren't that impressive. They were life and death to get by a Lehigh team that's 300-something mm -hmm. in the Ken Palm in overtime. You know, a low-scoring game, 48-35 with Merrimack. They beat NJIT, but they've lost at DePaul. They lost at home to Lafayette, and they lost at UMass. And I believe they are still without Geo Baker. And one of the reasons why Rutgers is losing is because they can't shoot a lick, mm. especially from the outside. 24.1% right. from three-point range. That is 349th. I think there's 357. <laughs> My math might be off by a team. 
Division one college basketball teams, this is not a very good shooting team. They weren't, I mean, they make their money on defense, and I think Steve Peichel has really done a good job with this bunch. And by the way, this is actually a rematch from last year's NCAA tournament. This was a first-round matchup uh, where Rutgers did get the win 60-56. Uh-huh. to 56. Both of these teams in the tempos are in the 300s. Clemson 304, Rutgers at 326. Clemson, not a very good foul shooting team, which is always a little bit of cause for pause when you've got a game that's pretty much essentially a pick They do shoot the three-pointer, though, very well. They're at 44% so far this season. Clemson, a respectable 5-2. and two. Their only losses are just St. Bonaventure and West Virginia, who at least right now kind of look like they're going to be NCAA mm-hmm. tournament teams. But this is a team that did lose their best player, Amir, Amir Sims, last year. So they're kind of still trying to figure out the roles, I think, from these teams really going forward. This is really a tough call. I kind of am going to maybe look to buy on weakness. I know that this is the quote-unquote revenge spot for Clemson because they did get beat mm-hmm. knocked out of the NCAA tournament. I think Rutgers was a 10 and Clemson was a 7, but uh, Rutgers's offense has been absolutely putrid. And, look, they're giving up 104 points per possession, 1.04 without Geo Baker on the floor. Brad Bernal's team's always going to play a very disciplined man-to-man defense. So I, I think – Clemson, their offensive numbers are a little bit inflated, and I think Rutgers' offensive numbers are a little bit deflated, if you will. Uh, just, that, I mean, some of these scores they have had, oh. they just can't be that bad. But small lean to the Scarlet Knights, but this is a basically a coin flip. Clemson was a favorite in the overnight, so Rutgers is getting some support. I remember that NCAA tournament game well because I had the over, and it did not get there. And again, when you look at these numbers here, 125 as the total right now, the same game script. Like, how in the world these teams going to get in the 60s uh, to get that over. Uh, I might lean towards the under in that one as well. Okay, let's talk about Duke against Ohio State because, again, when you're Duke, you're new num- number one in the country and you beat Gonzaga, and now you just lay two and a half at Ohio State in this ACC Big Ten title challenge here, and you go, well, Dukies, I, I got to pound the Dukies at mm-hmm. two and a half. Might there be a little buyer beware there because – coming off that emotional high beat in the Zags. Yeah, some of my money is also coming on the underdog Ohio State 2.5. Look, you still might be able to get three and whatnot, so it wouldn't be surprising, like you were saying, hey, pound Duke here. They right. looked impressive, and I was on them on Friday night getting nine just because that number is so high. And then and then my thing about Duke, uh, that Duke is the only college basketball program that gets calls on the road. Well, Gonzaga gets them now, though, but Duke's been getting them for 30 years. Uh, not, not that I'm bitter about past times <laughs> with uh, Duke getting these calls on the road but then I see that they're five and 11 against the number their last 16 road games uh yeah this just seems I mean this seems like almost like candy here it does you know laying a small with Duke because we know Duke doesn't always play a lot of true road games they'll play in New York in the garden Mm -hmm. they'll play in the Barclays Center they'll play in Chicago they'll play in Vegas where they're like they did here last week because there are Duke fans and and haters to be honest really all over the country but they don't play a lot of true road games so I'm wondering what we are going to see in terms of how Coach K is going to approach this because EJ Liddell for Ohio State is one of the more high usage players in the country. Kind of an undersized big guy. Uh, truly probably about six five and a half or six six. He's listed as six seven, but he is their scorer. He is their main offensive threat. He's got very good numbers. Maybe they'll put Wendell Moore who's a little bit more of the smaller forward for Duke on him instead of exposing Paulo Bonchero that, you know, maybe, you know, because Coach K always says freshmen don't know how to play defense. That's right. It takes a year in college to learn how to play defense. And even a talented guy like Bonchero, who could be the number one pick in the 2022 NBA draft, 
still is not really there defensively. I wonder, Keels is going to be a little bit of a tough cover for Ohio State because he's big and physical, and they brought Wheeler in from Penn State, who is a all-Big Ten defense, who's a very good defender, but a little bit smaller. But I, I, I like what – I think Ohio State runs good offense. Uh, they're still trying to find some depth because one thing Ohio State does is they don't have any size. If this game is decided by size, it's going to be all she wrote. But – I like what Holtman runs. They're ninth in adjusted offensive efficiency. They're shooting pretty well. They shoot pretty well from the three, solid from the foul line, also solid from two-point range. So, yeah, I thought that this line was a little fishy, and, and we go where the stink is, and we'll take the Buckeyes as the home dog. Uh, very quickly, uh, yesterday on Twitter, somebody reached out and said, hey, you know, how about showing, showing some love for Coach K? And I was like, well, he – Clearly is one of the greatest coaches. That's what we have Matt Humans here for, to show love for Coach K. Yeah, I'm I, sure he I, will go ahead and accommodate that tweeter. But but he's not John Wooden, right? We can't go out here, and I know it's the last year for Coach K, and it's an appreciation tour and all that. He's not the greatest college basketball coach of well, all time. Well, the dude he, he learned from uh, at Army at West good. Point was pretty Bob darn Knight. good, if I say so myself. Just saying that again. Not that I have a bias. Right, and we're not saying that he's not. Uh, you can make the argument for Coach K, but I, I'm still going to say that John Wooden right now is still the most accomplished coach right now in the history of college basketball. But again, a small small number tonight at Ohio State seems a little fishy to me as well, so I'd probably be with Wes and back the Buckeyes in that one. Great show today. want to thank Will Hill. want to thank Rick Doc Walker, Wes Reynolds, as always. Michael Lombardi back here in this spot tomorrow. Right here on the Lombardi line of VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah. I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.